suddenly to my surprise. He did the mash. He did the monster mash. All right, all right, doing the Monster Mash here on this beautiful Valentine's Day here on the Tay and Timbo Morning Show on 106.9 COQX. Cox, the only rock station that not only do we kick out the jams, we whip them out too. With our boy Rudy the Rooster working the board, I'm Tay, he's Timbo. You, uh, you're looking a little annoyed with me there, Timbo. Tay, why do you play that song today? There has to be thousands of love songs you could have put out there, and plus, Valentine's Day isn't for a couple of days. Well, you know, it's kind of a love song. All the monsters enjoying their company, dancing, holding their evil in check. You played the wrong record, didn't you? Why are you doing this to me, Tim? Because that's how we roll on Third Line Plug Sense Cast. Hooah! Oh, that's so good, buddy. But you know, one thing we forgot to say, though, Tim. Uh-huh. How's it going, everybody? Welcome to the Third Line Plug <laughs> Sensecast. I am your host, Taylor Gibson. Joining me, as always, from the tropical metropolis of Calgary, Alberta, my co-host, Tim Jesse. Tim, how are you, sir? Doing good. Not doing the Monster Mash. No, but I can tell you one thing that here people here in BC are doing. Uh-huh. Enjoying Family Day. I don't even get that as a federal employee. It's going to be a little annoying because, like, everything is going to be on reduced service and here I am going to work. Well, I mean, you guys get family day next week, though. No, I don't even get Alberta's family day. Really? Yeah, I'm a federal employee. Oh, well, there goes the whole, hey, Tim, do you think we should record our episode in the afternoon instead of nighttime next week? Nope. Well, that's (laughs) been ruined. Thanks a lot, federal government. You blew it. Yeah, no kidding. So, Tim, while we are on the subject here, man, did you get a chance to listen to last week's episode? Yeah, and it's still biting me that I forgot something for the second week in a row. I know that we hinted at this. I believe that you should go ahead and talk about it right now. Yeah, so, yeah, a few weeks back, I was sitting in a hotel room in Toronto watching that St. Louis game. Whoa there, Tim. Don't go that far, buddy. What? That St. Louis game was awful. Oh, Oh, okay. Uh, sorry, continue. <laughs> sorry, my and... mind was like, whoa, hey, we can't talk about that here on the show. Whoa. Are you implying? Yes. But, uh, yeah, so I was sitting there watching this terrible hockey game, and a thought occurred to me. This year and last year is like the boxing career of one Homer Simpson. Really? How so? So... Remember early on when Mo was doing the management and he was basically just dragging up homeless people for Homer to fight? Yeah. Worked that his, was off from, worked his way up from the box car, did he? <laughs> that was last year where the system was working and Ottawa's opponents, were, there was definitely some luck involved. And Ottawa got pretty far and looked pretty good. And uh, their rope-a-dope style didn't seem to hurt. This year is like the fight against Dredrick Tatum. Everything that has gone wrong can go wrong has go wrong and the senators aren't able to play the system like they were last year and honestly look pretty punch drunk at times throughout the game and uh we're gonna see this some more in our first and last game of uh the podcast that we're gonna cover yeah i'm really not looking forward to talk about those games tim yeah but uh it's a pretty apt metaphor i think yeah i thought it worked pretty good and i know you were just like how did I not remember that? 
as soon as we turned it off last week. Yeah, and it's like, I, I've been cooking this fucker for two weeks, and it's just like, nope, Tim's shitty memory hits again. But you know what, Tim? I have to say, though, work like a charm. It does. And honestly, there isn't a fan man in sight. And as we see in uh, Top of the Hour, it's only going to get worse. Yeah, it's all downhill from here, isn't it? Yeah, and I think that's a pretty good opening there. I thought so. It was one of those. It was one of those openings that really I rewatched the. I can't remember what Simpsons episode it was now. I think it was the where where Lisa gave Ralph a Valentine's card because nobody else did, and then Ralph fell in love with her, sort of deal. Yeah. It was oh that God. opening of the radio station with Bill and Marty where they played the Monster Bash, and they were just like, <laughs> "Why did he play that record?" As soon as I saw that, I'm thinking, "Yes." We have to do that. Wait, do you think we can find the exact moment where the Senators fans' hearts broke? Yeah. Right there. Right there. Uh, and I think that might be game five in our first 10-game losing streak. No, I think that was about yeah, game four. Or was it the tourist trade? Hmm... No, because, I mean, we kind of knew that Matthew Shane was coming to town anyway. It wasn't yeah. until all the news came out about Kyle Turris. It was like, oh. Wait, no. We know the exact We know the exact moment. We're all dumb. Alumni game. Eugene Menlik. Oh. Just going to the reporters. That was the exact moment the Seds fans' heart broke. Well, I was going to say game seven in the second overtime, but, yeah, that's a pretty good... It's a pretty good one there. Now we're just mixing episodes here. Oh, we are. Let's go back to what we were talking about. Last week's episode. You got a chance to listen to it? Yeah. And? I felt I was a little distracted throughout the whole thing. Not sure why. I Really? I never got that. I, I thought it was a pretty decent episode, all things considered. I thought on my end, I did pretty good. And mm -hmm. you know me, I'm not one to toot my own horn, but toot toot, motherfuckers, it was a good one. <laughs> Yeah, and I guess one thing I'm definitely happy about, one thing I've noticed, we're just getting a more consistent listen, listen, listenership base. Like, it's not big increases, but it's nice. No, I, I'm really happy that we're getting more towards the 20 listens on SoundCloud. And I know with us being picked for the Potter Shuffle really helped, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's just, we're getting pretty close to, like, 20 listens each week before people go back and pick up the back episodes. So it's honestly, it's really heartening to see that people like listening to what we do and are keep doing it. Yeah. Well, you know, it's because of intros like that is why people keep coming back Tim. All right. All right. So let's get in right into it once again. How was your week, Tim? Last week it was interesting. Really? Did I tell you about the sleep study that I'm part of? No, you did not tell me about it, please. So basically, uh, one of the labs at U of C needed uh, extra male participants for the sleep study. So uh, I signed up and they're like, okay, fine. So uh, they came over to my place uh, Tuesday night and uh, they hooked up the apparatus. Okay. Uh, there's a, I have a photo of it on Facebook. It, but uh, Oh, that's where were... it was. Yeah. I looked at it and I'm like, what the fuck is that? I, I'm like... I don't really want to ask because I don't want to look like an absolute idiot. 
Nah, you know what? I'll wait until Tim and I record the next episode, yeah. then I'll ask him about it. Well, I guess it didn't help that I quoted Mewtwo. But uh, to be fair, so what exactly was is they were monitoring like uh, brainwaves, eye movement, respiration, and uh, body movement while I was sleeping. Okay. So I had 12 wires affixed around different places to my scalp, two on either eyeball, two next to the corners of my lips, uh, a respiration tube going into my nose, uh, two wires for an EEG to measure heart rate and respiration. Okay. And then one wire attached to both of my ankles. Hmm. Holy shit, it was hard to sleep. Well, I imagine when you have a whole bunch of wires and tubes on you, yeah, I would imagine it's very difficult to sleep in that. Like, I woke up like eight times. And it was awful because the nose thing was super uncomfortable, but if I moved it to a more comfortable position, it started falling out of my nose. And every time it fell out, I woke up again. And then I'd have to get reaccustomed to the stupid nose piece. Oh, and then I was just so dead at work the next morning. Because of the sleep study? Yeah. And then uh, I'm doing that again. I have to do that twice more. Okay. Yeah, so I'm doing it tomorrow. So they're going to do some more physical testing and then hook me up with more stuff. So, like, there's going to be something around my neck as well as uh, a few more wires around my head. Okay, so what you're trying to get is that we're going to be hearing about it again on the Third Line Plug Sensecast. If it's way more invasive than last time, yeah, probably. Awesome. Yeah, and then I sucked ass at Pokemon cards. Well, I mean, it's bound to happen sometimes, Tim. Yeah, I, I played in a tournament yesterday, and uh, I wasn't really paying attention to a tournament that was hap- like a major tournament that happened halfway around the world where a deck that I thought was dead suddenly roared back and won the international championships in uh, Oceania, in the Oceania region, so like Australia and New Zealand. Oh, okay. So everyone was playing this dead deck, which... It's just a hard counter to the deck that I was playing. Right. So I got wrecked. Oh, that's never good, Tim. No. That was my fault for not paying attention. Yes, it was. So how was your week, though? Honestly, my week was all right. Uh, we, I'm just ending a midterm break at the moment. I go back to work tomorrow afternoon. So the last couple of days at work, uh, all the kids were leaving. So it was pretty slack day, just major deep cleaning, stuff like that. Uh, Friday night, my buddy Andrew celebrated his birthday, so we all went out to this craft brewery called Riot Brewing in Shimana. So we all went out there and got rowdy like Roddy, and then I stumbled home to my cousin's place because he lived right across the street. And uh, yeah, that was a good night. Got home Saturday, hung over, nice. watched, uh, yeah, watched the Leafs game. I don't know. I don't know what was worse, me being hungover and me having to watch that. I had to watch that sober. <laughs> oh, that's never good, Tim. Actually, yeah. you know what I got to play on Saturday night when I was drunk? What? Mutant League Football for the PlayStation 4. Really? How was that? That's actually pretty fun. I was like, man, this is actually really cool. And and I'm thinking, Wait, why do I not have this for PS4? This is amazing. I might have to pick that up. I think it's like right 25 now, bucks if I'm not mistaken, so I might have to pick that up on the PlayStation Store. Okay. Yeah, because the only games I have for... Yeah, I only have two or three games for PS4 because I almost never play the thing. Okay, are you more of an X-Bone player or are you a PC gamer? PC. 
Oh, PC okay. and Switch. I play the crap out of my Switch. I still haven't picked a Switch up, and I know I really wanted to pick one up for Super Mario Odyssey. Odyssey and Breath of the Wild are honestly fantastic. If you're into Japanese RPGs, uh, Xenoblade 2 is quite good. I've heard um, the Xenoblade series is pretty good, but granted, I'm not really that into Japanese RPGs, so I have no frame of reference here. Hmm. Yeah, so it's like the Switch has a very strong lineup. I'm, I know you're not a multiplayer guy, but Splatoon 2 is really fun. Splatoon was one of those games on the Wii U I wanted to play, except I bought a Wii U for Star Fox, and I ended up hating it. I was like, this is a fucking shitty game. Why did I buy this fucking thing? And then I ended up selling it. I was like, fuck this game. Yeah, the Wii I wouldn't blame me for selling the Wii U, honestly. It was such an unloved console. Yeah, and, and you know what? I bet you anything, in like 10, 15 years, people are going to look back on it and be like, kind of like how they did with the GameCube. How the GameCube was, it definitely had its fan base, but overall was just sort of... No. Eh. The Wii U doesn't have the game support for that. Like, the Wii U doesn't have a mainline Mario game. It doesn't have a mainline Zelda game. It only has remakes for Zelda games. Yeah, I'm not talking about the games themselves. I'm talking about as a console itself. I'm sure people could go back to the games that are on the Wii U and be like, you know, that game was actually kind of fun, and that was kind of cool. I don't think it's going to get the reception the GameCube got, but just because you're talking about the games... Yeah, like, the GameCube gets such a strong reception nowadays because the GameCube had... Like, in retrospect, the GameCube's library was incredibly strong. Well, and I also... didn't help that everybody had a PlayStation 2. Oh, for sure. But, like... I hate the controllers, though. I do do not like the PlayStation controllers, except for the PS4 one. That's very nice. Yeah, I actually don't mind the PS4 controller. I'm not a big fan of the PS3 back controller. I was definitely more into the Xbox controller. Actually, the GameCube had a really nice controller, too. Yeah, actually, the GameCube didn't have a back controller. And I know everybody hates the N64 controller. I never found a problem with that. It's very easy. You use your left hand. I mean, if you're right-handed, you could switch it around, whatever. But if you're right-handed, like I am, left one on the middle, thingy in the middle, right on the right, boom, there you go. Unless you're playing, like, Turok, and that's like, well, you're pretty much fucked at this point. You could use the C buttons. Yeah, I found that the problem with the N64 controller is it's single stick. Actually, you know what? I know uh, third-party developers are now developing N64 controllers for two thumbsticks, so I want to try and pick one of those up and see how it plays on the N64. That'd be weird, but interesting. I think it would uh, work great Golden for games Eye, like... Yeah. yeah, for like GoldenEye and Perfect Dark. A lot of the first-person shooters on there, I think it would work great for that. Because... And I love the... Like, I love GoldenEye. I totally understand everybody's criticism of it, though. Like, and I'm not just one of those guys who are so blindly... Oh my god, I love this game so much. It's flawless. No, that game is very flawed. Just look at it. Look how fucking shitty it looks now. Well, it's it's primitive. Exactly. That's I understand it's thing. like 20 years old, but still. Come on. It's interesting because I feel like Perfect Dark aged a lot better than GoldenEye did. Not by much, though, man. The frame rate was awful on that. Fair. Actually, I'm always surprised at how well Halo aged, but I think we're starting to get into a video game podcast here. Well, you know, Tim, as much as I would like to sit here and talk about gaming with you all night, we had to segue into this little segment. I liked... No! 
Sorry, I have an actual intro for this, Tim. Whoa. So, Tim, it's time to do something for the ladies. All right, ladies, time to strap yourselves in and feel the G's as Tim and I whisper the news that you could use in your ear with this little segment I like to call Top of the Hour. No, 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 not that music. Come on, play the real thing, guys. That's better. All right, Tim, let's go into Top of the Hour. I'm going to start off with... National Predators forward Philip Forsberg was suspended three games for a late hit on the Rangers' Jimmy Basie. Recently unretired Mike Fisher, who is a teammate of Forsberg, took to Twitter to call out the NHL for its inconsistency in doling out suspensions. Now, obviously, you got a chance to watch this hit. Like, 15 years ago, this would be a very clean hit because it didn't... I don't know. I, I can see that it's a very dirty hit nowadays, but... If this was 15 years ago, it's just like, like, Rob Blake. That's the kind of a move he would do by just backing into him. Yeah, and honestly, I'm fine with the suspension, but if that's not the level of hits that are the typical suspension. No, and especially because Philip Forsberg is not a repeat offender, right? I would have thought maybe a one-game, two-game suspension. I don't know about three games, though, for that hit. Honestly, I'm fine that they're trying to clean up some of the worse hits but i think that i don't think that was suspension worthy i think that's worthy of a fine and like uh the angel does such a bad job getting dirty hits out that that shouldn't have been a suspension no but then there's the people that can make the argument of like well if you don't suspend philip forsberg for doing that What's going to happen if somebody else tries that and you give them three games? And they're like, well, why didn't you suspend Philip Forsberg when he did it? I guess that's the thing is I think the big problem is just the NHL's inconsistency and unwillingness to suspend things. And they're, they need to consistently apply the rule set. Oh, absolutely, man. Or else people are going to toe the line. And it becomes a crapshoot if you get suspended or not. So people are going to get hurt that way. No, I totally agree with that, Tim. Yeah, it's frustrating. Absolutely. Although I found it was a little sit. Mike Fisher commenting on it was a little silly. Yeah, I know. He's not even skating yet. Come on. <laughs> well, I mean, granted, the guy hasn't really been on skates in six months, has he? No. Well, that's not, actually, that's not true. Who's on skates at the alumni game? Just Yes, we know, Tay. You went there. All right, let's move on to our next story. The Toronto Maple Leafs unveiled their stadium series jersey for the March 3rd game versus the Washington Capitals at the Navy Marine Corps Memorial Stadium in Annalopolis, Maryland. Now, I got a chance to have a look at these jerseys. They reminded me a lot of the Montreal Canadiens NHL 100 jersey. Just take the Habs toilet seat with the H in the middle with the Maple Leaf. Actually looks alright, and I'm not gonna lie. It's a little plain, but yeah, looks so fine to me. I really like that everyone started making fun of them for looking like stormtrooper outfits. I saw that Jeremy Taggart put that up on Twitter. He goes, uh, so the Maple Leafs outdoor jersey or Yeah. I thought it was a little silly that they had like silly navy slogans written all over it. Yeah, honestly, I'm a little surprised that they're doing us at the Navy Navy Marine Corps Memorial Stadium because I would have thought they were doing it at the FedEx Stadium. I believe that's where the Washington Redskins play. If they haven't done a game there, 
Well, I guess I guess they wanted to take Forces Appreciation Night to a whole new level. Okay, yeah, and I mean, granted, I know a lot of these outdoor games are starting to do it more in college football stadiums, so if that's the route that they were going with, then yeah, this absolutely is fine with me then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just odd. Well, Tim, it's time to talk about the Sands. Oh. I don't have a beer. Ugh. Wait, no, this is a good story. Oh, right. Ottawa Senators forward Alex Burroughs was suspended 10 games after he jumped in need. New Jersey Devils forward Taylor Hall in the head numerous times after Hall laid Burroughs out with a clean hit. We will talk a little bit more about this because we are talking about the Devils game. Second game up tonight, but... No, actually, I'm I'm fine with this because Burroughs is a repeat offender. And honestly, I... Looking back on this, I don't even remember him kneeing Taylor Hall in the head. But if there's one thing that we've learned from this experience, if this whole hockey career doesn't turn out for Alex Burroughs, he can go to the MMA, kind of like CM yeah. Punk. Well, honestly, that's it was just a goon show the whole way through, and that's the sort of play they need to just get out of hockey. Oh, for sure. And I know you and I talked about this, right? We were just like, this is not like when Chris Neal jumped ta- uh, Taylor Hall, Tanner Glass during their playoff series with the New York Rangers last year. when Because Chris Neal did that to spark the team. Burroughs just did that for himself. He didn't do that to spark the Senators at all. No, like the Senators were in a great position that game. Oh, for already. sure. And uh, yeah, Burroughs just goes and does this greedy-ass play. Okay, Tim, let's head on to the uh, these stories. The Ottawa Senators have announced that Sens President and CEO Tom Anselmi has vacated his position. Anselmi, who was hired on January 27, 2017, previously worked for MLSC for 17 seasons before he joined the Ottawa Senators. Boy, I'll tell ya. Maybe Eugene's the problem? Or... Oh, for sure. Like, it's just a weird situation, and apparently, uh... Alan Selmy had handed in his re- resignation back in January. And this just continues the march of executives that have left the Ottawa Senators front office. Including, including Danny Alfredson. Including Alfredson, but three CFOs, two CEOs, a marketing executive, and numerous other staff. Like, the problem is Melnick. Absolutely. Did you see the press release saying that Melnick will name the new CEO, not CEO, COO, I think tomorrow or Wednesday? So there's a yep. lot of rumors on Twitter that Melnick himself is going to become the COO. Oh, that, yeah, I saw that. And that's just, that just goes to show that the owner occupation, sorry, Eugene Melnick is completely unstable. And I imagine if Eugene Melnick becomes the chairman, the chief executive officer, that instability is just going to get worse. 11-11, save us, Alfie! It's interesting because uh, one of my friends has gotten really into sports betting on the NFL side. Right. And he was talking about active ownership really being a problem with uh, the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, apparently he's very... He's, uh, he's pretty greasy. Yeah, and, like, he never lets the executives really stick to a plan. No, and especially when you see all of the head coaches they fired since 1999. And not only that, with the front office, then you have players in the field with, I 
think, 17 or 18 quarterbacks in the past 20 years. Mm-hmm. And it's scary that I think he's correct, and I'm worried that if, as Melnick becomes more active in management, the Sens are going to become more dysfunctional in that way. Oh, Jesus Christ. Your Danny Tree's going to be making a sequel to his video, isn't he? Yeah. Honestly... If the Sens go 0-82, do you want to go to the Futility Parade? Yes. <laughs> because the worst record in the NHL to date is the Kansas City Scouts at 10 wins. Sorry, 2 wins. 2 wins. Oh, I was going to say, I thought, actually my guess would have been the 92-93 San Jose Sharks with 10, but I remembered, I think it was the 74-75 Washington Capitals had 8 wins. Yeah, the Kansas City Scouts were just atrocious. How in the hell do you win two games in the NHL, anyway? I really don't know. We should really look this up. We should find out why that was. Sorry, they won 12. My bad. Oh, okay, so the Washington Capitals are still last with eight wins, then. Yeah. That'd be pretty impressive. Yeah, the team never wore, the team was active for two seasons and never won more than 15 games. Wow, that's insane. You know what's also yeah. insane, Tim? The Ottawa Senators have given general manager Pierre Dorian a three-year extension. Why? That's what I want to <sighs> know, Tim. Why? Why does this team hate us so much? They were trying to bury the Anselmi thing. Honestly, I really feel bad for Pierre Dorian. No, because remember when Dorian first came to Ottawa and there was a, I don't want to say there's a sense of sense of optimism in the front office, but early on it looked like he was making some really good trades. Like he brought Tommy Wingles in. He brought in, who else? Condon. Condon, Stahlberg. Yeah, he brought in all these guys to shore up the bottom six. Granted, he also traded for Alex Burrows, but that's another story. So, yeah, I mean, early on it looked like, wow, like, we really have a GM that knows what he's doing. Then he went and gone to fuck it up without replacing, oh, I don't know, Clark MacArthur, and he didn't replace. Uh, who else did he didn't replace? Oh, that's right, Mark Mathot he didn't replace. The bottom six he didn't re replace. Hmm, no wonder hmm. we're currently in the bottom of the East. Well, I think part of it is, like, his replacements with Johnny Oduya and uh, Nate Thompson really didn't pan out. No. Although Christine Minico has, and I will also point out, Magnus Piarvi hasn't been an overly terrible pickup for us either. No, and I'm actually quite happy with those two. Uh, Gabriel Dumont's been terrible. But well, I yeah, think I mean, the, but that goes without saying, Tim. I think the big thing is this is just going to show how, like, how lean Ottawa's pro scouting department is. Like, it's it's not good. No, I mean, so, there's a thing, though, Tim, is that you're not going to always pull a Mike Hoffman or a Mark Stone out of your ass. You know, sometimes you're going to get Cody Cece. But and, what I mean is uh, Ottawa's pro scouting, like, there's just not a lot of people there. So they're they're flying, they're playing behind the eight ball. Actually, you know what? I shouldn't really be so hard on Cece because he actually was a high prospect when he came to town. Yeah. And then on Curtis Lazard, that's who we should be picking on. Yeah. So on top of that, so you've got Pierre Dorian has to go do scouting himself as well as do the day-to-day -day GM stuff because the front office is just retardedly lean. 
I feel for Pierre Dorian. He's made some mistakes, but overall, I wouldn't say he's a terrible GM. No, I think he's. I think he's made more good moves than bad. But the thing is, the bad moves he has made has been so huge that it almost overshadows the good moves that he's made with this team. Oh, for sure. That's why I'm going into the trade deadline with Trepidation. Okay. All right, so we got one more story to go on. The Ottawa Senators have signed defenseman Ben Harper to a two-year, one-way contract extension. The contract will carry a value of $650,000 for the 2018-2019 season and $800,000 for the 2019-2020 season. Harper has one point in 20 games for the Senators this season. Now, look, I'm not happy with this signing, to be perfectly honest, but if by some chance we have to buy him out or move him, that's a very easy contract to move. I don't, know, I don't know who would want him, but, you know, at least we get, have that room for us. Well, he might get picked up on waivers if no one wants to trade for him. Like, it's not a hard contract to get rid of. It's cheap. Honestly, not. I'm surprised it's not two-way, but whatever. Yeah, but you know what? I'm not being that hard on it because I'm looking at the money value. Now, if it was, like, two million, two and a half, three million, it'd be like, what the fuck are we paying him that much for? But since it's, like, you know... No higher than eight hundred thousand. I'm okay with it. Yeah, it's league minimum money. Yep. All right, Tim. That wraps up top of the hour for this week. Now it's time to head into the games. We got four games to talk about this evening: the game versus the Montreal Canadiens, game versus the New Jersey Devils, the game versus Kyle Turris and the Nashville Predators, and the fourth and final battle of the Battle of Ontario. But before we do that, Tim, let's hit the music. Time. All right, Tim, it's starting time to start talking about the first game of the evening. Sens versus Habs. This is a 4-1 Habs victory. Sens goals were scored by Mike Hoffman. Habs goals were scored by Jeff Petrie. Arthur Lukanen with two. And Thomas Buchanan. Shots were 35-26 for the Montreal Canadiens. Hoffman got on the board first with a bullet that went right past Carey Price to make it 1-0 Senators. Jeff Petrie tied it at 1 with a shot from the point. Lukanen scored to make it 2-1 Habs with a shot that barely squeaked in. Looking and got his second of the night with nobody covering him to make it 3-1. Thomas Shabbat tried to pass to his defense partner, only half McClanick, pick, uh, pick him off and score to make it 4-1, which would end up be the winner. Honestly, I have nothing to say about this game because I didn't watch it because I believe if I'm not mistaken, this was... Super Bowl Sunday. S- yeah, Super Bowl Sunday. So I didn't get a chance to watch it after I got home from work. And because we were doing the episode... On the Monday, I was like, eh, fuck it. I'll just condense game and let Tim talk about it. Um, the one note I want to mention, uh, the Shabbat, excuse me, the, mis- the Shabbat mistake that he ended up making, that was like a Johnny Oduya play. Pass it I right, th- pass it to his defense partner, and somebody else picks him off. If I'm remembering the play, cr- no, that's the Toronto play where the puck just hopped up on his, hopped up on him. Yep, that's the yeah. play I'm talking about. Yeah, that's that's just a shitty mistake that happens. Right. Yeah, I feel bad for Shabbat on that one, but uh, special teams killed Ottawa this game with uh, the Sens going on an extended an extended penalty kill after Carlson accidentally high stuck someone, but that's where it came from. Uh, early going, both teams were playing just dreadful hockey. Like, neither team was really shooting. Pucks weren't really going anywhere. 
And that Hoffman goal was just a continuation of Montreal's Legress, right. where a failed D-to-D pass was picked off by Dzingel and off to the races Hoffman went. After that extended penalty kill, Ottawa just kind of disappeared. And that was the rest of the game. Should we, should we just go into the next game, or do you want to talk any more about this? Um, Not really. It was just kind of frustrating to just see the Senators not really... They really weren't in the game. Okay. And well, talk, uh, five, sorry, a five-shot second period is definitely emblematic of that. Oh, for sure. Let's talk about a game that wasn't frustrating. The New Jersey Devils versus the Ottawa Senators. This was a 5-3 to three Senators victory. Senators goals were scored by Mike Hoffman, Chris DiDomenico, Matt Duchesne, Colin White with his first NHL goal, and Zach Smith. Devils goals were scored by Travis Sajak, Taylor Hall, which we'll talk about here in a minute, and Kyle Palmieri. Shots were 33-32 for the New Jersey Devils. An exciting game overall by both teams, despite a somewhat even first 10 minutes and for most of the third period, Ottawa outplayed New Jersey in this game, especially in the physical play and on the score sheet. Things got really chippy in the second period, which began with a Max McCormick hit from behind that led to a fight with Ben Lovejoy, who got an extra two minutes for instigating, and a clean hit by Taylor Hall and Alex Burrows, which led to Burrows getting four minutes for jumping Hall and a 10-game suspension like we talked about. Overall, this was a, just another great team effort by the Senators. Too many guys to point out had great games. Uh, the ones that I really want to point out, Mike Hoffman, Duchesne, Dito, Tom Shabbat, and Colin White all stood out for me. Mm-hmm. One thing I want to notice is uh, with Tom, with uh, Travis Ajax scoring in the first minute, I was worried that Ottawa was just going to roll back and die. Phenomenal answer shift by the Hoffman-Duchesne-White combo. And uh, this is the first time in a while that I can actually say that the Ottawa Senators really had some pushback. Oh my god, it was awesome. Uh, well, correct me if I'm wrong, I think the third line of McCormick... Who was it? It was McCormick, Dito, and... Smith, I think. Smith? Yeah, I can check that real quick. Okay. Uh, yeah, personally, those guys were awesome in this game. Like, they were really yeah. good in this. Yeah, like they were keyed right in. Or was it? Or was it the? No, I think it was this game. Did you this game or the Nashville game that that line played really well in? Uh, both games, honestly. Actually, I was pretty happy with the uh, with uh, Payarvi in this game as well. But yeah, one, actually, me too. One thing that was really nice was two Ottawa Senators power play goals. Oh, I know, it was awesome. Yeah. Like, that Hoffman laser was huge. Oh, like, it was so good. Like, that, like, fuck, the the Hoffman-Duchesne line, Hoffman-Duchesne chemistry is just insane. Like, Hoff, like Duchesne did such a good job just getting the puck into a passing lane, and then Hoffman just rifled it past Kincaid. Oh, so good. Uh, Keith Kincaid actually looked pretty awful for the Devils in this game. Now, there were four goals on 20 shots. He had an 800 save percentage in this game. Yep. And it was the first time in a while that the Sens have chased someone from the net. Oh, I know. It was fantastic. And actually, I got to give a lot of credit to the New Jersey Devils because the Devils actually played a really good game in this. And overall, I thought they looked like they were really hungry in the third period trying to make it... A 5-5 five, five tie. Yeah, and I was worried that they were going to try and sit on their lead, which usually... Like, they're trying to sit on their lead and uh, 
almost never works out for them. Honestly, Chris Domenico had another really good game. Yes, he did, actually. And that's why I put him in the players that really stood out for me on in my notes. Hmm. Like, he only played 10 minutes, but 10 minutes plus a, a nice power play goal where he just outworked the opposition. Only negative player was player that I have anything bad to say about was Cody Cece. Yeah, but I mean, come on, we've said so much bad stuff about him this season. Let's skip it this time. Yep. Let's talk about that Colin White goal. Let's do that, man, because, man, that was a good goal. Like, it's, like, just watching Shabbat lead the rush, turn around, shake his check, find White. Yeah. Thing of beauty. Oh, I know, so good. And it's funny, after the game, uh, they uh, they are talking to Shabbat about it. He's like, oh, I just knew where he was. Must have been in sync. We're born on the same day, you know? Yeah. And apparently those guys are fast becoming good friends, and uh, hopefully the chemistry sticks. Overall, I've been super happy with uh, Col- the opportunity, what Colin White's been able to make of his opportunity on the top line now with a goal and an assist. Yeah, and and you recall at the beginning of the season, I think it was the first game of the season that, and there was a lot of confidence for Colin White coming into the game. And he ended up with, I think he broke his wrist or broke his hand? Yeah, it was first game of the preseason. So Tim, I hate to interrupt you, I just sent you a message, and the message writes, just realized I forgot to write out my Pred Sens game. And there's a fucking <laughs> photo of like all the stuff that I wrote down, and I'm like, oh shit. Yeah, it's not too bad. No, it's Do not, wanna... but I mean, that's not how I usually write them out. <laughs> okay, let's start. Do you want to talk more Burroughs? No, honestly, we talked enough about him in top of the hour. I think we should just go on to the next game. Yeah. Yeah, fair Yeah, fine. Okay, Preds versus Senators. This was a 5-4 to four Senators overtime victory. Like I just mentioned, I'm an idiot. I totally forgot to write out my notes, so I don't know who scored the goals. Uh, all I know is that Nashville outplayed the Senators for most of the game. However, it looked like Ottawa got most of the breaks in this game. For sure. And, yeah, it was pretty good to watch. But before we even get into the game, let's talk about the big setup. It was Kyle Turris' first trip home. I know. I love the fact that they did a tribute video for him. And just, you could tell how much the fans really missed him. Yeah, and well, he he was loving it too. Did he see his big old sh- big old grit on the whole time? Oh my god, it was so amazing! And even the uh, the Condors, the team that he was was he coaching or s- sponsoring or whatever last season, he was heavily involved with them. Yeah, like, and they were and they were at practice the game. and stuff like that. Yeah, I thought that was great that they uh, came for the game because I recall he during paid for a hundred and eighty seats. Well, you know, man, when you're making Kyle Terrace money, you can do that, Tim. Yeah, that's just insanity, though, hey? Oh, my God, I know. I mean, I wish I was making Kyle Terrace money. Yeah, no kidding. But, uh, excuse me. Yeah, game opens with a weird P.K. Subban goal that 30 seconds in bounces off Cody Cece's skate. Yeah, that was just such a... Honestly, yeah. But, you know, I really felt bad for Cece on that one because... He legitimately tried to uh, stop that. Well, the problem was, is he lost his check. Like, he lost his check. 
kind of half-assed it to get it back, and then P.K. Subban was open, and CC was wrong place, wrong time. Yeah. And if you're playing positional defense, you can't be doing that. No, for sure. Uh, I'm just having a look over my notes here, and this was the game that the... Yeah, it was McCormick to Zingle PRV line. Yeah, it was uh, Ottawa's fourth line getting the breaks. With, yeah, it was uh, awesome to see. Man. Yeah, Chris DiDomenico with his sixth of the year. Uh, it was just a hard-working goal past uh, past Nashville's uh, backup goaltender. Okay, can we just can we uh, just move ahead a bit and talk about the Mike Hoffman o- OT goal? Cause... Oh no, I want to talk about that Max McCormick goal. All right, let's talk about the Max McCormick goal first because yeah, and I remember watching that and this is a play that honestly I think that third line if they keep that together. That's how they should set it up. Have the zingle behind the net, throw it to somebody in front, and have it tap it in. Because he did it twice in this game. Yeah. Well, the big thing was, is like, that whole goal was really well put together. Because it starts with Borvietsky jumping in the play. And he's he's been way better at this this year. And I'm, I'm happy that Boros started to get that offensive mindset going as well. It The puck goes back around the net. And Pay Arvey has the presence of mind to just start making a mess in the net. Yeah, and honestly, I was really... I didn't really know what to make of PRV when we got him off waivers. But like I said, since we since he's been in the lineup, I've been very happy with his production. Yeah, let's move on to that Pay Arvey goal. Let's do that. Yeah, his third of the season. Carlson makes a sick bank pass to Pay Arvey. Pay Arvey taps it into the goalie doesn't get the first shot, manages to rest control of the puck from the goalie and wrap it around the other side. Oh, I know. That was such a good... Like, that's just a... Sm- it's a smart, smart play. And after this, Ottawa park tries to park the bus. Yeah, that, that never works, man. No. Interest- another interesting thing is they tried to park a bus in a game where they were only running 11 forwards, and Mike Blunden and Max McCormick played a total of... 13 minutes. Was this the game six, that... Sorry, Tim, was this the game that Borvieski left the ice as well? Well, he broke a tooth or something, right? Yeah, he left for a bit, but I think he came back. Does he even have any more teeth to break? That's a good question. Yeah, maybe we should throw it up on Twitter and see if the... Maybe get a poll going. Does... <laughs> does Mark Borvieski have any more teeth to break? Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, one... Once Ottawa scored that 3-2 goal, that was about it for the Senators as far as doing things. And Guy Boucher decided that it'd be a great idea to park the bus and not really play. And things got out of hand in the third. However, before we get to that out of handing, I have to say, that was probably one of the most complete second periods the Senators had played in a very long time. Yeah, and actually from the notes that I do have, I did put that in there. But like I said, like a fucking idiot that I am, I didn't simplify that. Yep. The third period, it was just uh, Guy Boucher thought it was a good idea to to play uh, Cody CC and Dion Phaneuf. A shutdown thing, blah, 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 nothing happened. A lot of them looked like they took their foot completely off the gas in the third period. That's why Nashville came back to tie it. Yeah. With Subban, his first goal was weird. His second goal was very well done. Oh, absolutely. That was a very nice goal. They just got the Ottawa Senators completely out of position, and he fired a freaking laser. It was great. 
Speaking of lasers, Tim. Mike Hoffman, buddy. Oh, oh, what a goal. Oh my god, that was so good. Like, Hoffman. Speed it in. Slid at five hole to win the game for his 100th goal, NHL goal. Well, what was amazing is that could have... That's so it. We better been, trade him. Yeah. Like, every time Hoffman do, has a goal, in my notes, it says, don't trade him. But, uh, you have to... Like, that could have so easily just have ended up in behind Anderson after he flubbed the freeze. And then Hoffman just goes coast to coast. Abs it's just a work of beauty. I know. Um, That's so good. Yeah, I guess other things to notice was... In overtime, Shabbat Dezingle looked phenomenal. Yes, actually, they did. I was very impressed with them in that overtime. Yeah, like they were just they are making they are making uh, Nashville's defense look porous with just the absolute speed and ease they were cutting through them. And honestly, you never see that often because Nashville has one of the best defenses in the NHL. Hmm. Honestly, I've been. I've been super happy with the emergence of Dezingle and uh, Shabbat this season. Mm-hmm. I mean, I liked, I really liked Ryan Dezingle last season. I thought he made some some very big steps towards becoming a full-time NHL player, and I'm really glad that those steps have continued into the season. Mm-hmm. Well, after he tied up Game 7, I think that's when this player is legit sort of thing to do. Do you ever think he kind of looks like Patrick Laine a little bit? A little. Yeah. Actually, Patrick Laine, he kind of looks a little uh, albino to me. <laughs> kind of like a uh, kind of like a son of Edgar Winter or somebody. Not a summer? <laughs> no, not even a fall or a spring. Oh. Huh. Well, Tim, I have no more notes in the game. Should we go into the fourth and final game of the evening? Uh, Cody Cece was shit. Other than that, no, I don't have anything. Okay. Now, Tim... This is the last time that I'm going to be saying this for this season. Tim? Yay! If you want to see me talk about this next game, give me a hell yeah. Hell yeah. I said if you want to see me talk about this next game, give me a hell yeah! All right. All but right, Tim, get... it's time to start talking about the fourth and final battle of the Battle of Ontario. Six to three, Leafs victory. Sens goals were scored by John... Johnny Oduya, Derek Brizard, and Ryan Dezinkle. Leafs goals were scored by Mitch Marner with two. That Austin fellow that unfortunately we have to talk about this evening. James Van Riemsdyk, Patrick Marlowe, and Nazem Kadri. Shots were 41-25 for the Maple Leafs. Let's just be honest... The Leafs outplayed us in this game in all levels. Ottawa looked asleep, and their play was quite sloppy. I mean, it did get better eventually, but... Oh, fuck. Oh, God, I can't believe we actually have to talk about this fucking game. Yeah, before 30 fucking do, seconds though. in! How did the Leafs almost score 30 seconds in, guys? Come on! Yeah. Before we talk about the game, though, they had a really nice opening ceremony where... Uh... They retired the colors, which are the, the flags that uh, a military branch co carries for rallying points and ceremonial purposes. And uh, it was a beautiful handoff and a great tribute to uh, Canada's men and women in the armed forces. Toronto is a bit of an air for 
definitely has ties to the Air Force and uh, does seem appropriate for the RCAF uh, colors to be retired there. Uh, ties between uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Royal Canadian Air Force include uh, Con Smythe's flight partner was the famed Billy Bishop, the most decorated member of an Air Force in the Commonwealth in history. And let's also not forget, Tim, that Major Con Smythe named the Maple Leafs after the Royal Canadian Air Force logo. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, uh, a 150 mission cap was about a very famous Maple Leaf. Yeah. Didn't see it. Didn't see me pulling that one out of my ass, did you, Tim? No, I didn't. So overall, see, it was see a- Tim, you're not the only smart person out of the two of us. <laughs> you may be the brains, but I'm the bronze with some brains sometimes. Some brains. It's important. Always. Overall, beautiful ceremony, and I was hoping that it was gonna set the pace for a better game. At the same t- in the same video, they did. They also took a chance to allude to Toronto's new naval in- inspired uniforms for their game at the Navy Yard coming up in a few weeks. Mm-hmm. All right, let's now, start. Let's start. Let's get on and talk about this game. Craig Anderson was fucking shit. He got pulled after four goals and ten shots. Honestly, the yeah, only positive no. note I have here was Ryan Dezingle, who, who was the only player who showed up. To be fair, in that that first period, Ottawa just had nothing, and no. yeah, no one showed up, and Anderson just had no fucking help. No, like, he did brutal not. turnovers by Borowiecki and Johnny Oduya lead to a goal by Mitch Marner. There was a breakaway by Mitch, sorry, uh, Hyman later in the period, and uh, Dion Phaneuf really fucking tried on that one. Honestly, dude, I turned the game off after the second period. And I never thought I would ever have to do this since we started this show. I've never, despite whatever score it may have been, I've never turned the game off. Except for this one, because I actually had to go back to con- Condense watch the Sens-Habs game. Yeah. The Matthews and Marner goal worked much better. Honestly, though, Mitch Marner had a hell of a fucking night. Like, we have to give credit where credit's due here. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I mean, he had, like, four points in that game. Five. Five points? Two goals, three assists. Fuck it. Where's he my, almost where's my had beer? a natural hat trick. Oh, like, this fucking team hates us. Condit came in and played very well. Uh, that's that's actually a bright point for the Senators. Uh, two goals on 30 shots is actually a pretty good night out. Honestly, I'm dying inside right now. Yeah, given the fact that Ottawa's defense, for the most part, looked like the Keystone Cops, outside of maybe Thomas Shabbat. Honestly, not really much to say. The first five minutes of that second period were just awful uh the Toronto Maple Leafs got five shots on goal in one shift right and it was amazing that Condon held fast the Ottawa Senators took yet another too many men penalty pushing them to 12 on the season at a league leading number honestly uh I'm gonna take a minute here to talk some fancy math and uh you might be interested in this one uh I'm looking into starting my a little bit of an analytics project myself and uh, what I'm looking to see is do too many men penalties predict a coaching fi- a coach firing yes Don Sherry 1979 with Boston Bruins yes yeah, so what I'm thinking of is uh, coming up with there's a way in economics that you can use 
variables to come up with a probability for an event happening. Right. And I was wondering if uh, just too many men alone would be able to create a high probability of firing in years where a coach was actually fired. Okay, this project you're thinking of starting up, will it be a blog, a podcast? What What can we Well, what I was thinking of is uh, I'd probably... I'd probably do the analysis and then put it on an online, like an online data visualization system called Tableau. Okay. And then we'd uh, link it, link to it through the podcast. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, and uh, that I'd probably have to do some robustness checks for other things like uh, wins previous season, that sort of stuff. Right. Uh, I think we could come up with something cool here. Uh. Otherwise, what else do I have to even talk about this game other than, honestly, very good game by Mike Condon. Uh, well, I mean, I the, lost another bet to my buddy. Yeah, and you have to buy more fucking Molson. 15 and a bottle. Jesus. I got so cocky. I was like, oh, Ottawa's won like two straight games. Yeah, we're totally going to beat the Leafs. Three seconds in. Oh, crap. I guess one night, one more thing to mention. Boy, this is my king. Hate me so much. Is Sorry, Carlson thanks. in one? What's that? Is Carlson in one? Uh... Like, Carlson, like, the whole game, Carlson just looked out of his element, and after... Eric, you were out down, of your element. Dude, the Chinaman is not the issue here. <laughs> Sorry, I was watching Big Lebowski the other night. Continue. Yeah, it's a good movie. Oh, I love the Big Lebowski. It's I fucking awesome. love that bowling scene, too. Yeah. Over the line! <laughs> Sorry, Smokey, you were over the line. That's a foul. Bullshit, dude. Market eight. No, no. Market zero, next frame. No, bullshit, <laughs> Walter. Market zero. Smokey, this is not nom. This is bowling. There are rules. <laughs> but yeah, like, the rep, like, Arguably, the, on the Leafs' empty netter, the refs let too much get away. After Carlson was repeatedly hauled de- hooked, then hauled down. Right. And it's odd to see Carlson just explode at the refs. But, like, yeah, it was a rough game for Carlson. And overall, yeah, there weren't a lot of bright spots for the Senators except for, yeah, or Ryan Dezingle. And... Thomas Chabot actually had a pretty good, a decent game, all things considered. Mm-hmm. Although he was paired Johnny freaking Oduya. Yep. And the CC Bor... Oh, and the carlson Fanuf pairing was a disaster. Yep. Yeah, story of our year, Tim. Bassard actually scored a nice goal, but too little too late. Every time the Sens tried to get something going, the Leafs basically shut them down, and yeah, it was a rough game to watch. I could have watched snowboarding. Yes, you could have. Well, Tim, I guess that wraps up the games of the week, eh, bud? Yep. All right, should we head to the close? Yeah, let's go for it. All right. Uh, first of all, thank you so much for listening to the Third Line Plug Sensecast, guys. I hope you enjoy it, because believe me, Tim and I love recording them for you. You can find us on iTunes. Please listen, rate, and subscribe. We are on SoundCloud, soundcloud.com slash Because our bot Dave made the mention, we are on Google Play Music. 
You can find us on Twitter. Our show is at Third Line Plug. Tim is at M901 Honey Badger. I am Great White Gifster, G R 8 W Y T E Gifster. If you want to shoot us the email to talk about these games that we just talked about tonight, you want to talk about some gaming, or you just want to quote the Big Lebowski, shoot us an email at thirdlineplugsensecast at gmail.com. Okay, let's head on to the games for this coming week. Tuesday, we are in Pittsburgh to play the Penguins. Thursday, we are back home to play Buffalo! And we're also playing the New York Rangers on Saturday. Both those games in Ottawa. Huh. A rare homestand. But uh, let's hope this week goes a bit better. Well, I guess we got two wins last week. That's pretty good. Let's be positive here. Yeah, we went 500. Woo! Two wins per, per, per two wins per sense cast. Our record is intact. Can we get to be three wins? <laughs> we'll have to see, Tim. Until next week, guys, I am your host, Taylor Gibson. And this has been Tim Jensen. Go Sands, guys. My time here is up. They're going home!